0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the AM show uh, for November. Oh, my God, I almost said October, November 5th. We are live. It is uh, five after nine Eastern time and as always hosted live on the Alphamint stage. Uh, we are recording this again today uh, in video and, and hopefully yesterday's looked all right. My sound levels were a little messed up, but hopefully we're going to upload it to not only Spotify and Apple Music, but uh, but also YouTube. So if you guys want to follow along on that, should be should be pretty cool. Um, and I am, you know, as uh, as always, Cloud Cobain, I will be having a little bit of a rebrand coming next week as well. But we will announce that on Monday. Uh, and as always, I'm joined by the man whose only liquidity exists in the form of his eight dollar latte. Mr. Free Market Capitalist. Hey, now. Hey, now. How is that latte this morning? I saw you uh... cold. Uh,
1: it's, it's done. I, I, I should have bought a backup. $16. All right.
0: You need one of those, like, uh, cozies that they have for beer, but the opposite.
1: I would hire an in-house barista if uh, if just one of my JPEGs would move.
0: <laughs> Oh, my God. That was almost a perfect segue into the X copy <laughs> segment. But we are not going to talk about that <laughs> just just yet. Um, let's let's lead this off with the uh, the WGMI overview. Great to see lots of green on the one day change today. Uh, looking at that, we see doodles up almost 40 percent from yesterday. They went from a one point or a, yeah, one ETH floor to one point four right now. So big bounce for them. Uh, other notable projects is uh peaceful groupies up 36 percent head dow bouncing back from 0.3 to almost 0.4. they announced that they are distributing their uh dow funds uh Shamdu got somewhere in the the vicinity of 60 eth to himself and started sweeping the floor up there so uh, always like what they're doing and still bullish on that project um, some other notable ones that we're looking at we have uh ghosts are up uh women and weapons animetas galactic apes having a nice little run off of uh wes's kind of bearish announcement which we'll talk about later um but you know it's it seems like the floors like you said earlier are firming up things are getting a little more solid maybe 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 we're reaching the bottom here looking at the seven day change uh there is a lot of green it's not quite as deep but it does seem to be getting a little less bleak out there
1: You know, calling a bottom is is difficult, but there are some pretty positive signs, uh, two of which are, one, you have accumulation under the surface. You know, in traditional markets, often pullbacks, uh, price doesn't show the story. It's what's happening with volume underneath the surface. Are there more buys, you know, than sells? And, of course, every time there's a buy than a sell, but there are ways to, you know, there are indicators where you can measure uh, whether things are being sold or higher, whatever. So there's been a lot of accumulation under the surface and surface quite a few projects like creatures, uh, like toads, like all the things that fell 80% and everybody was worried about. Those floor prices are, are misleading indicators. And I think that between stabilization in price yesterday in quite a few projects, even the little uptick and this accumulation under the surface. We're certainly getting closer to the end than the beginning. And uh, we even had some pretty successful mints.
0: Yeah, I, I think there's some some definite bull signs for the NFT market, especially with uh, DeFi maybe cooling down. Looks like gas is starting to drop on average a little bit. I actually did see it at 90% earlier this morning uh right now it's at about 130 uh we talk a lot about the market cycles and the you know the ebbs and flows of the the money in the system right now it seems to me that a lot of people use eth or bitcoin as their unit of account but if we're talking about ethereum uh, a lot of people have, you know, sw- swapped their money into the DeFi market, into the some of the altcoins. A lot of them have probably made some really, really good gains. There's some really sharp traders in the NFT community, and uh, I'm kind of looking for a lot of that liquidity to exit the DeFi and the altcoin system, enter back into Ethereum. And uh, and and for a lot of these people, they park their their ETH in NFTs as. You know, a longer term store of value. So, I'm excited to see some of these projects jump jump back up. Maybe get to close to where they were before. I'm fully expecting some of them to just die a quick and sudden death. But it, it seems to be like there's uh, some some cases to be made there. Yeah,
1: and I think that you know the NFT market uh, isn't about like the you can it's a leverage call on Ethereum, and you can't get liquidated. You can get e-liquidated, which is a a new term coined by this market in which you can't make any moves because everything is locked in JPEGs. But you essentially have a leveraged bet on Ethereum that you can't, you know, you you won't get liquidated on to the point where you lost more money than you had put in. So you're well, going actually, to see now.
0: Let's let's jump yeah. ahead and talk about kind of something you just mentioned about you know leverage and and all of that. Um. I did see yesterday that a type 10 autoglyph was used as a collateral for a $1.4 million loan. Uh, I don't know what the actual value of that type 10 autoglyph is. It should be substantially more than the floor, which the floor should be about $1.2 million. So obviously, this is a big piece of um, collateral being used and seems like pretty high leverage against it. Uh, What are your thoughts on... You know how that works, because as you said, these are pretty illiquid assets. If uh, NFTs were about to drop, even just trying to liquidate that piece of collateral might not yield success.
1: Right. And I mean, this is such a great study for a few reasons. All right. One. Most people who hold autoglyphs are insane collectors. This, there's nobody still holding an autoglyph that got lucky and minted it or whatever. These things got up to 400 or 500 E floor during the pump. You know, people who didn't have money took it when, when that happened. These are in the hands of diamond-holded collectors. The ones at the floor are probably either whatever last traders were there or whatever, you know, overage they have. They just want to give it. The floor on Autoglyphs should probably be a 1000 e. They're that historic. And the collectors who hold the largest amount say that's what their price is. They don't care what the floor is, right? Now, the floor is an illusion, all right? So that's one part of it here. The other part of it here is very smart people are going to take a liquid assets and turn them liquid. Now... This guy could be thinking, hell, I'd take 1.4 million for the autoglyph right now. So really all I'm doing is getting a lo- is is taking this loan, which gives me a chance to pay it back and keep my autoglyph, or I just sold it for 1.4 million, which is probably a lot more than I paid. But very smart people, whether it's fractionalization or these type of collateralized loans, are gonna figure out how to make JPEGs a lot more liquid than they currently are. And it's not gonna come from trading.
0: I think it's a great sign for the market. I think it's a great sign to um, have some validity in, uh, you know, being able to to park your money in this and use it as collateral. A lot of times um, it feels like crypto and NFTs are great for turning some profits, great for, you know, pulling some money out and, and a lot of people buy a house with it or a car or, you know, they have such upsized returns that it really does change their life. But... A lot of those people in in the the ultra wealth category, I mean, they never sell any of their assets. That's just everything is levered, uh, yeah, levered against it.
1: Yeah, and let's also make you know this point one more time uh, about Ethereum. Right, all these guys that went and rotated into DeFi and made a bunch of money in Ethereum, most of them live in countries where if you don't change it back in the fiat, you don't get taxed, right? So these guys went and stacked a ton of Ethereum. Then they come back into the NFT market. All they're judging it by is I have this much more Ethereum. That's why the whole argument that when NFT goes up in fiat, NFTs should go down. And Ethereum turns is toilet paper. It's garbage. It's a transient effect that's not even real. And this, you're going to see exactly why. I'll tell you, You know, we had, what, maybe two weeks ago, Mev writing his sob story thread about how he can't make money on mass mints anymore. And, you know, he may have to go on welfare and all these different things (laughs) that he was putting in his thread. That poor guy. Right, right, right. He must have looked at that Bear X X mint last night and said, hmm, maybe it's time to rotate a little back from DeFi into these, uh, at least into the hot upcoming mints, you know?
0: I don't know if Mev is in the the business of whitelist grinding, though.
1: No, I'm not. You know, it's always funny because, you know, who's always on whitelists and I guarantee is not whitelist grinding, not a whale. You ever see him mint from like every whitelist in existence? I've never seen him in a discord. <laughs> He's not working discords. You know, they don't need to work discords. They get out, they have people get on whitelist for them.
0: Well, not only that, but a lot of them are probably handed whitelist spots. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Just just to light up those uh, whale trackers like the one we have, Boom. in the, uh, the Alphamint Lounge. I mean you know, a lot of times we've used those those as uh, signals on whether or not we're buying or selling a project, depending on who is, is purchasing Fleur being one of those ones that we uh, see that and go, Nope, no, thank you. uh, (laughs) Exactly. But, uh, but yeah, so some, some good signs for the market. I think the autoglyphs thing is very bullish for the overall market. And uh, you love to see things like that, Um, you know, looking forward into my life and and what I want to do and, and, Um, You know, I don't really ever want to sell my crypto, but uh, uh, things like this happening kind of encourage me to believe that I might not have to.
1: Yeah, I I think that's correct. Uh, These are very bullish signs for the market and no one has seen a cycle play out. But I'm telling you, NFTs come back harder each time because collectors think in terms of ETH.
0: Yep, agreed. Uh, real quick, uh, doing a, a brief overall view on the market, uh, the overall crypto market. But, you know, uh, Bitcoin's holding strong at around 61000 Ethereum, great signs holding strong at 4500 There was never that dramatic pullback from the all-time highs that it reached a couple of days ago. Uh, Solana has been the one that um, has really been on a rip for the last week. Something to watch there. Uh, it, it just reached a seventy-two billion dollar market cap. I, I don't typically include tether in the rankings, so right now it's sitting firmly at uh, number four, and you know a good run for it could could take the number three spot. Notably, it did bump Cardano out of uh, out of its um, position. Cardano was for a long time number three, number four, with Binance going in there you know cardano has a lot of uh nft uh shades of nft and and DeFi and um smart contracts in it but i mean nobody's cardano always feels like it's about three years away from being three years away uh <laughs> didn't they just announce nfts too like a month ago uh a little bit longer than that and it's always been on the yeah. horizon but it's one of these projects oh, okay. that like they they seem to spend more time studying and i'm not funding cardano i ho- held it for a long time and it did do very well for me um but solana is really the topic that i want to jump into here we often kind of poke fun at it you know most of us i think are are pretty intent on dealing in ethereum and uh the blockchain or sorry the ethereum blockchain uh we had a lot of fun with solana when the network went down for i don't know if it was a day or a month I, i really didn't even look at it that much but it was only you know i think it was 24 hours uh but i guess the question needs to be asked like at what point do we actually start taking Solana seriously as an investment, as a blockchain, as a network, as a community? Like, what are your thoughts on that? I have some of my own. Yeah.
1: Well, I, you know, I see we've seen L1s like this and you gave Cardano as a great example. Get to the top five, ten caps. And, and for
0: a long time, true. too. I mean, we're talking about, that's, you know, 2018.
1: That's the craziest thing to me. It's amazing. Like. It, you know you would think when something dies or just doesn't become the hot thing or what's talked about every day it dies it you know the, it falls 80% nobody these things just go up there and live there like crypto people are holdlers they they don't sell like it just it's it's very interesting to me that ethereum classic and bitcoin cash and cardano and all these things are just stuck in the top 5 10 for eternity it seems like and solana you know i <laughs> We, we do joke a lot about Solana because there's, to me, there's nothing unique going on there. It just seems to be we have a larger block size and we can do it cheaper. But there's absolutely no proof that they can actually do that and scale up. We talk about Gwei is not an indication that Ethereum is not going to succeed. It's an indication that there's a lot of demand for the network. That's why gas is high, because people are using it. And people want Ethereum. Yeah, if so, if some,
0: go ahead. Yeah, no, DC Investor made a a pretty good post about that. Just talking about, um, you know, gas, high gas prices is often used as the uh, bear case for Ethereum and saying why it won't succeed. You know, he, he presented the counter argument of saying gas prices are high because it is the preeminent network and people want to be using that if anything was even close to the value and, you know, the network. Uh, status that ethereum has uh their gas prices would be higher ethereum's would be lower and you might actually start worry about it it does sting to pay those gas fees and you know maybe the uh the proof of stake will will start to help with that but um yeah ethereum is is absolutely the the dominant player in this and and i think it will be for the you know indefinite future
1: And and I would love to have some people on who know Solana better than me to talk about what they think the finer points are. I had lunch with the former CEO of uh, what was the oh Fanduel, right? And he's very very heavily invested in Solana, which is a uh, which is a big VC play right now. So he was sitting down a
0: huge bag of it too.
1: Yeah. Oh, Well, there was that video going around the other day of all the VCs joking about pump and dumping, whatever. I mean, look, we know it goes on. It doesn't matter. But he was trying to explain to me why Solana is superior. And really, he didn't explain anything again, besides what I said, block size and, and price. But I think to be a successful L1, or at least to ha- have some relevance you need to carve out a niche. So one disclaimer I've always said after my 15 lines of trashing Solana is but it could be where the you know where games go. It could be a very good NFT gaming platform. There's actually some very large projects. The one I know about called Star Atlas.
0: Yeah, that that's a launching. cool looking project. Charlie brought that that's, up uh, months ago. Yeah
1: and it has like 500 employees i mean the graphics look as good as any gaming co- billion dollar gaming company out there and that could be what solana's niche is but i would ex- i would want them to lean into it like, like the the thing is l1s there they don't make a lot of money okay that that's the other thing people have to realize vcs are trying to sell you something that's not very profitable the main net on a system Usually costs more to run than it produces in profit. Okay, this is the Ethereum is one case where that's not necessarily true, but this is going to happen when these things try to scale up. What are they selling you? If Solana decides to become a bridge for Ethereum or carve out a very specific niche in gaming, I think that. It could be very interesting. Until then, I think it's just the L one du jour. And if you made me bet, it's going to be worth half as much next year, and it's just going to die somewhere in the top ten and live there for who knows how many years.
0: Yeah, and I'm looking at the Solana kind of the NFT page on on their their ecosystem part of their website, and I'm I'm looking at it. And the one thing that kind of just drives me crazy is that a lot of the projects that I see are just direct ripoffs of um, other IP. And these are, you know, being actively promoted. I just, uh, you know, some originality and and you know projects that don't have Sol in the name would be nice for their, uh, <laughs> you know, their 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 ecosystem too. Like uh, SolPunks Punks was a, a big one that was had way too much hype for just a, a straight up rip off. Uh, there was the Fidenza project, and don't get me wrong, these aren't like endorsed or being pumped by Solana. But there was the Fidenza one where like Tyler Hobbs is on Twitter being like, this is like egregious theft, like take this down now. <laughs> uh, it, you know, it just it it does kind of feel like a, a knockoff ecosystem. But again, I mean, it's it it is still in its infancy as kind of all of the blockchains are. So uh, something something to 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 look for. And um you know, I, I don't think that we should uh, we can have fun with it, but I don't th- think that we should completely write it off. And, and as that space starts to grow, you know, something. And
1: to show and to show we're not just being biased. Go take a look at Tezos or the Hisenex, uh marketplace. This is another competing L1 that has their kind of eco friendly based. So they're more cons- they're they're not. They're not trying to necessarily scale up to a size like Ethereum, but they're trying to be the more eco-friendly alternative. There's a lot of great art on there and great one-on-ones that you don't get on other chains. And a lot of Ethereum artists respect Tezos. It's not the case with Solano. Like Cobain said, it right now just feels like a rip-off chain, like just trying to copy what Ethereum is doing. So I think more is to be seen on whether they decide to carve out a niche or actually uh, try to compete with Ethereum on its, on its merits.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Let's uh, let's go into a little bit of a lightning round here because we actually discussed some of those topics a a little bit longer than I intended to. But I mean, amazing discussions about these things uh, can be had and we could probably spend eight hours doing it. Um, But really, really quickly X copy, um, a 101 a coin for the ferryman sells for uh 1330 eth yesterday six million dollars us uh it was listed for 1400 e seven months ago so not a super liquid asset but the um the sale was finally made uh it it is a substantial amount of money it is the all-time high for an x copy uh and you have uh mixed feelings about this i'm sure and with the the
1: Good part about this sale is this is not an X copy I ever own. Yes, (laughs) Uh, I I have the bad news is I have. X copies of the pad. And it's why I'm much more of a holder now, because I've observed a lot of cycles. All right. And I tried to trade early on. And again, I am not not everyone needs to play to their natural style. I'm a better holder and I'm better at looking at six month, one year and three year trends than trying to pick these, you know, pico little tops out, whatever. So X this. The other thing I'll say, this is my favorite X copy of all time. Oh, I would love to have this X copy. It's gorgeous. But, you know, this is why people joke about how wealthy they can be in NFTs, yet they they have no money. They're eating out of a tuna can. It's like this guy was worth ten, you know, $6 million, but how long did it take him to get that? Now, he knew it was worth it, and it definitely was. And guess what? It's worth more than that, especially now that that price was paid. But it these things especially the rares, take a very long time to sell. That's why when you're a flipper, you want to focus on floors and projects with volume because you can move. Getting a rare is great, but who knows how long it's going to take you to sell it for what it's worth. I mean, of course you could take a ridiculous price, but you want to get what it, this is This is my issue. Right? I could take a ridiculous price for a lot of things I have in this bear market when I need liquidity, but that just feels stupid. So, you know
0: for sure um moving on to that uh, like i said earlier gas is down it seems to be slowly dropping back to its uh you know pre ship uh levels uh, i saw in business made a kind of a, a cool point um once gas drops and, and and liquidity kind of returns to the market are we going to see a great unstakening, which is you know a lot of these projects uh, ended up being staking projects towards the end of the cycle a lot of people locked their uh, nfts into contracts to earn tokens and and be part of DAOs and whatnot uh gas prices shot up and it became incredibly expensive to interact with contracts uh and you got to kind of wonder if when gas starts to drop if these things start to to come out of the contracts or if we're you know happy leaving them in there i i mean i staked my head dow uh, nfts just before all of this went down and i mean it would be insanely expensive just to take them out same with the fud farms and the semi my cats that we had uh oryx is migrating to layer two to start avoiding this kind of thing but yeah these uh these staking plays definitely took a beating it will be interesting to see as we exit out of this cycle if uh if they start getting listed or if people become you know rebullish on participating in them
1: and you know for perspective the, the orcs we know have crashed a lot and their underlying currency, ZUG, is down 80 percent. Well, let's do a little math on that, right? I have six orcs right now. Each of them is pulling in about 14 ZUG a day at $2, which is $28 times six orcs. I mean, how how many assets are giving you that type of passive income right now? With, and you know, with JPEGs, like so even during this pullback and this crash, these things are pulling in, you know, half what a normal person makes on a daily basis.
0: It's pretty incredible. Yeah. And actually, um, with the head dow I mean, similarly, they produce 10 uh, head per day or. Oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. Sorry. Uh, five head <laughs> <laughs> five head per day. Uh, I have six of them. So, you know, getting about 30 a day. At one point they were about $14, $15. Uh, I managed to pull some out and sell them for $2 a pop. And it immediately provided me with enough liquidity, liquidity to take part in a mint, um, you know, and I didn't have to sell any JPEGs for it. Now it has since continued to drop Uh, with the rest of the market i'm not overly worried about that i'm more than content to just leave those in there and start uh or sorry continue to generate some of this income but yeah pretty cool that you have the opportunity to uh to to claim and um sell when those uh you know when the time is right for you uh another interesting topic about all of this and we'll definitely have to invite a guest onto the show is the taxing implications of that and i know that's a dirty word but um You know what happens when you actually accumulate these, when you claim them, and when you trade them. So, uh, things to be conscious of. And uh, you know, we're we're talking about this publicly and recorded now. So, if the IRS is listening, hello.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you you know you have to if you live in a country where you don't get taxed till it changes into fiat, then you know you're very lucky because that. That's a very good thing. Most of the westernized countries do not uh, view it that way.
0: They don't love it. Uh, Okay, really quick, maybe a daily top signal. Maybe we'll do a a daily top signal every day. I don't know. But EA, uh, Electronic Arts, calls NFT and blockchain games the future of our industry. EA has been known in the past for their... um, Somewhat <laughs> aggressive use of loot boxes and um, monetization policies for microtransactions. Uh, and, you know, I'm not sure if it's bullish or bearish that they are seeing the the value of NFTs. But, uh, yeah, they are they definitely have their eye on blockchain technology and I would be looking for them to enter anytime now.
1: I think it's the double edged sword we talked about yesterday that all these centralized companies see What's happening and they're all going to pivot to appear like they're doing the same thing that we're all doing here on, you know, OpenSea and Ethereum and all that stuff. And it won't be. It's a it's a centralized closed metaverse that they're going to control. They're going to control and give you the appearance of ownership.
0: Yeah, so I mean, there's a there's a case is, that uh, the Sims is kind of one of the first uh, examples of a metaverse, even though it was you know for a long time closed and single player, but uh, a, a bit of a peek into the way that people live their lives, you know, digitally. Absolutely interesting topic. We'll we'll say, yeah, good game. <laughs> um, we'll we'll save that topic again. That's a Conversation. We could probably do a whole podcast on you know the history of yeah. the metaverses or something. So maybe write that down and we'll we'll work on that. Um, and then lastly, Bear, Bear X launched. Um, they are in their presale. I think their public sale just went live, but uh, I, I think they dropped their price again after increasing their price. Uh, they increased the whitelist amount to uh, five or four per whitelist. Yes,
1: uh, they did. Everything wrong in the beginning. And then it seems at hour zero, they did everything right. They had a very very successful sellout. They allowed anybody on the whitelist to mint four. And again, if I had been watching this live, given the last two weeks, I'd have been scared. I'd have been like, crap, now the whitelist is just going to basically have all this supply. They're going to be able to dump right on the market you know the moment they're able to like that just
0: I think that they were worried thing. about a lot of their um early whitelisters kind of leaving when the the whole scam went down so yeah
1: but Barracks wasn't for what
0: Sorry, there
1: was a duplicate token issue. I was just written. No, I'm reading what in business was putting in the chat, seeing if it was pertinent to what we were talking about. But I mean, the bottom line was they minted out and now they're up a good 20 10 uh, X in the secondary market. <laughs>
0: Yeah, definitely a good flip opportunity. And regardless of how you feel about Barracks, it it might be a good indicator that the market is on the rebound. You know, they are succeeding despite all of the controversy that they went through. Uh, The floor has raised substantially above the mint price. There's some good flip opportunities there. It will be interesting to see how the market reacts once the reveal happens. Uh, we've kind of thrown some shade on their artwork, but that's, uh, that's a, a subjective, uh, opinion. But I don't think it
1: is. I, I don't think it is. The art is terrible. It it's uh, low effort. It's sloppy and it doesn't make a lot of sense, but that does not mean the project won't succeed. So, you know, we, <laughs> bad art is not a hindrance to at least a project seeing a good run for whatever reason
0: yeah it's true it's true so i mean we'll keep uh, an eye out on that and it should probably reveal over the weekend so there will be some more to uh dissect on monday when we when we go back live um fish tanks tomorrow is dropping at 5 p.m eastern for any of those people whitelisted it is a single mint for whitelists. the po- uh, price is 0.05555. Uh our resident alpha mint dj tropics is hosting their launch party Um, A project that seems to have a little bit of hype, doesn't have a massive hype train, but the people seem to be in on it and you'll get 24 hours to mint. So, you know, choose your time with gas if you're interested in it. Uh, There's some pros and cons to this. It's a pretty unique project. I like the art of it. I actually really like fish tanks for some reason. So I could see a digital frame having this uh, these fish floating around in it. But, um, you know, if you're looking on the the flip side of it, not a good profile picture. So if that's one of your investment theses, these, oh, whatever, um, uh, you know, that might be a hindrance to you minting. The gas price might be a hindrance. Um, yeah, you're, you're 30 seconds. Now,
1: well, so unlike Bayer X, uh, I'm excited for this one. I like the art. I like the project. The thing is, I don't think it's going to be a very good barometer for what's going on. If it's successful, we could say that the market is returning, right? So that would be a very good sign because it's not a great PFP, okay? But if it fails, we're not going to know whether it's because the market is still depressed or whether it's because they just don't play properly as a profile picture or a flex. You know, there's a lot of good things going for it. They have punks and bored apes and, and gapes and kaijus all excited about the drop. And we do love the concept, so we'll see. I'm definitely minting them.
0: Yeah, and lastly on my list, I just have the announcement that Wes made, I think, uh, two days ago regarding the monkeys drop for the uh, Galactic Apes. Um there was a pretty big hyped airdrop for these uh, new pictures or uh, JPEGs that uh, Wes was making. They were going to be airdropped to all the Galactic Apes holders. And uh, he gave a timeline of about one to three weeks for these things to be ready. They looked pretty cool. Everybody was very hyped about it. And then, you know, in the final hour, he kind of just said, look, this this market isn't good for us. It's not good for the community. Uh, gas prices are high. Like, do we really want to drop into this uh, this market if it's not going to do anything for us? It was met with some mixed reactions, uh, basically saying like, you know, who, who cares about the market? It's about the project. The floor did dump down to like under 0.7. It's since returned to about 0.8 right now. Uh, but, you know, it seems to be a rare misstep for Wes, who's who's quite beloved in the uh, the NFT community.
1: I'm not sure the motivation, because I think when you're a good project and you're putting out good products, you put them out when they're ready on your timeline. You don't pay attention to the daily or weekly gyrations of the market at large. I, you know, if he had his head down and was completely focused on his product, I'm not sure it would have cared. But if he's trying to unload all his Fox fam that he got too heavy into, he may be a little too market focused. (laughs) I... This doesn't make me bearish on gapes, but I do think, as you said, it was a rare misstep by him. I would have just got if if they're ready, I would have gone ahead and pushed with it. I don't think any of the the gape fan base is worried about paying a little gas for their monkeys. They're pretty damn cool.
0: Yeah, I do like them. Uh, a lot of variety and his art is just spectacular. He is a, a master pixel artist. and Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. He crams an incredible amount of detail into such simple, um, simple little pixel art projects. And uh, I mean, Wes is somebody that I will always watch in the NFT space and anything that he continues to do, like I will just be hyped on. I will probably <laughs> make a lot of liquidity to jump into any further projects that he does until you know, until I see otherwise. So,
1: yeah, I don't think this is a, a big misstep or indication, but I just think, you know, relax, Wes. I think you could have just gone ahead and, uh, you know, had some fun with your project. Uh, the market is the market. Go for it.
0: Yeah. I think I always appreciate when people aren't worried about purely the financial aspect of it and, and treating your holders right. as though they're investors or you have some, you know, fiduciary yeah. obligations to them, even though like in, you know, in, in, a, in a weird kind of Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Way you do, uh, but especially when we're dealing with art projects, I don't think that it needs to be said or treated as such.
1: It's what? What's the question? What is the best fiduciary responsibility? It's putting your head down and focusing on the project. So it, it, it's this like you know it's it's a paradox. It's not you to do the thing you need to do. You don't need to talk about the thing you're doing.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, of, you know, yeah. in business okay. makes a point in the AM show like he just feels like they weren't ready. And, uh, you know, his his yeah. his big regret and during all of this was that he said I shouldn't have provided a timeline. And so, you know, right. that, that kind of aligns with with that narrative that maybe they're just not ready. Um, and, you know, he has to kind of back out. So regardless, I, I think that that's an important lesson that a lot of projects can learn, too, is don't make announcements and don't provide timelines until you're sure you can hit them.
1: We talked about it last week, timeline Mm. management, biggest mistake, even good projects.
0: I'm not even sure that was last week. That might've been two days ago. I have no, (laughs) I have no idea anymore. (laughs) All right. On that note, um, as always, we will do the open mic session. Uh, if anyone wants to jump up on the stage and come shoot the shit with us and talk about some things, uh, raise your hand, we will bring you up and, um, you know, we'll we'll kill another 20 minutes until we uh, close the showdown. Uh, shout out to Marcin again. Um, you know, one of the project or Pirates of the Ireland devs that we did an interview with last Friday. Um we mentioned it earlier but it wasn't recorded but they uh they have since dropped their mint price down reacting to the market always an encouraging sign uh they have sold a couple more pirates which is encouraging as well and as they said their goal is to just put their head down and uh, continue to grind so good to see him he's actually raising his hand so i'm gonna bring him up here for a couple minutes all right my friend the invite has been sent
2: Okay. Hello, guys. Hello, friend. How are you? Uh, good morning. Oh, good morning. Good morning. It's good afternoon here in Poland. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, forgot I'm, we have I'm a always global... Always good morning in the metaverse.
1: Uh,
2: yeah, it's true. Okay. Okay. I'm, quite, I'm still uh, quite new to, to this NFT world, meta world. Uh, so as you know, I'm more from game dev. Uh, it's uh, very nice that you remember about us, and yes, we, we are keeping our heads down and we are hard working here every day. Uh, so hopefully, someday in the future, we'll be able to uh, get back to you with uh, something new. Uh, yeah. So, so we... let me let me just ask you
0: this: I'm not going to turn this into like a, a on the spot interview or anything. But how are you feeling about the way that the first week went?
2: You know uh, it was very it is very hard uh, time for us uh, because as uh, you mentioned, the gas price uh, was very uh, high um, We have plenty of people who seems to be interested in our project, but for some reason they hold on uh, they didn't mean. Um, there's
0: definitely a chicken and an egg situation that happens with these mints, right? Where like people want to mint, but they don't want to mint unless they're seeing other people mint. And it kind of causes this, uh, you know, a game of chicken where you're, you're kind of staring down this, uh, you know, another car and who's going to move first. Um, but you know what, I, I hope that, um, you know, in listening to this and some of the things we talked about, you know, a lot of alpha mint members feel like it's important to stay Uh, Up to date with projects, regardless of whether they've minted or not. And um, one of the things that we constantly look for is just very active Twitter and Discord uses. Now, obviously, that's kind of hard because at the same time, you know, you want to get work done on your project and uh, continue to grow uh, and develop the actual end product. But uh, yeah, just make sure you're, uh, I would say, you know, just speaking of all of the things that we say, I would say make sure that you continue to communicate with your community and, um, you know and just be active and keep keep yourself out there
2: yeah uh, that's why uh, i have uh, today jump in uh, to your show because uh all the time i i'm something like this oh it's is it yet no no it's not yet and oh my god it, it was already uh, i am late right uh, so today i'm happy that uh, i hit uh, your time when you are on on uh, live. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, yeah, we are hard working uh, and uh, as you said, uh, it's very important to connect all things together, uh, to give uh, feedback to community, to stay with them and from the other hand, to, to uh, create your product and product and uh, focus on, on it. So it's hard to connect all things uh, together at once.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, great for you guys. I, I think that uh, if you if you keep working away at it, that, you know, success will find you, whether it's project or Pirates of the Ireland or, or any subsequent, you know, projects that you end up doing as you take some learning experiences from this. So, uh, yeah, we appreciate you hopping up on stage. I'm going to uh, open up the uh, the stage to anybody else that wants to jump up here, but I just want to say thanks for uh, for hopping on with us. OK. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk. To thank you, soon, you. I'm sure um yeah if anyone else wants to uh to raise their hand i saw a little bit of discussion going on in the am show chat you know drip cult giving the uh the bull case for the galactic apes just saying just buy them and hold i mean these things are uh you know potentially the next blue chip and of course he did the disclaimer that i should probably be saying about every 10 minutes oh imx sorry Oh, my mistake. There were two conversations going on in the same time there. And I uh, yeah. So he's talking about Immutable X. Actually, the IMX is something that I need to spend a couple hours digging deep on and and learning about. Uh, It seems to be getting a lot of discussion. Do you know anything about IMX right now?
1: Isn't Immutable X the uh, second project by Deus X? Is that their new? No, I don't think (laughs) so. No, it's a gaming uh, L2 layer. Yeah, I know it's an L2. Ethereum yep so it's the soul killer speaking of solana uh rest in peace thanks for playing imx debuts today on to the next one avax avalanche that's the next one for you kids that like the the l1 hype cycles there you go not financial advice oh uh, uh, yeah yeah I'd like to point this out. Uh one of my longtime follows, Alex NFT, A L E X X N F T on Twitter, if you'd like to go follow him, who's been MIA because he's been at NFT NYC all week. Tweeted this morning. Good morning or GM. It's Friday. Perfect time to buy more NFTs. So I just wanted to <laughs> To send out that message (laughs) to everybody that the whales that were out, yeah, perfect. Yeah, at NFT NYC are now back at their computers in their hovels with their hoodies on, uh, doing their thing.
0: Perfect. Uh, Don't see any hands up right now. Another thing that I saw, um, actually, Wes in in the Galactic Apes Discord um, posted a thread by somebody on Twitter named Crypto stpn um they have an ape as their their logo so you know some somebody in the ape community um essentially the the title of the thread is how I almost got scammed today and uh so he goes on to say that he has some nfts that he was looking to sell I'm assuming these are, are higher priced high value nfts uh because it wasn't just a simple open c list um you know uh, another guy got in touch with him to about the pricing and and so they they got to work on uh making a deal on 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 a trade. Um so they were using uh, one of the NFT swap NFT trader.io um he was saying he was sending screenshots of an error something has happened then he tried to initiate it and said oh you know this isn't working like let's find a, a different address we'll cancel the trade I'll throw you some extra money for gas Um, They got some, I'm I'm air quoting mods involved from the NFT trader discord uh, in a private chat. They managed to get this guy onto a video chat to try and to work out the issues that they were having. Um, And that's when some red flags started going up for this guy. So they did a video chat. They're trying to walk him through some of the ways that they can fix this for him. And one of the things that they asked him to do was to trade uh, to change his uh, MetaMask settings from English to Arabian, which is not a language that he knows. Um, Now, they were just I I guess the angle was that their native language is Arabian, so they need to be able to read what's going on there. So he did it. And of course, when you change those settings, now you can't understand a single fucking thing that's being said. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, They navigated him to the security and privacy tab, which he, again, was unaware of uh, what it was because it was in Arabic. Uh, And basically, their goal was to get him to click the reveal secret recovery phrase um, button. (laughs) Now, fortunately for him, some red flags did start going up. Um, Yeah, just just some. Nothing about that seems sketchy to begin with, uh but he did he did realize kind of what was happening in time, disconnected with them, got in touch with the actual mods from the actual discord uh but holy shit i mean i'm I'm assuming this guy's portfolio is in the seven figures if this is how he's going to um go about you know trading and swapping n f t s This isn't just a simple floor trade but uh yeah, I mean stay safe out there. Uh, and and just um, let's just and let's and, just, and, and the I
1: board think, a community, I, yeah.
0: I think the I think the craziest new, thing about NFTs. this, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the craziest thing about this story is that in his wallet, the guy had like 72 E. So, I mean, this was this was working, um, people were falling for it, but like. Always just assume that if you've never spoken to somebody and sketchy things are happening, it probably is really fucking sketchy.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at this person's profile. I have no idea who they are, so I'm guessing they're very, very new to NFTs. And you got to remember, you know, a lot of bored apes, their first crypto experience was buying a bored ape. And why? Because they came from Top Shot, where you could buy Top Shots with your credit card. So most of them never had to change over into Flow or ETH or anything to get their first NFTs. And then all of a sudden, this big thing in their forum was Bored Apes. So I will just say the Bored Ape uh, crew is very diverse, and you don't <laughs> see a lot of punks falling for this, uh, for, for this particular type of maneuver.
0: No. Just- and, and you know what, Drip Cult, uh, posted in the AM show chat that, you know, actually other people <laughs> have fallen for it. They've shown the ones. One guy got taken for three apes, which uh, stings a lot. Uh, it seems like the Bored Ape community is kind of rallying around uh, these apes being blacklisted and basically just saying like, don't ever don't ever buy these but we'll see how successful that is because i mean they'll they'll get posted up and somebody will be like whoa sweet board ape for teddy let's do it
3: yeah oh, funny man. when you say that about blacklisting them because i mean the the contract owner can just freeze those particular tokens if they've um, interesting they can do that right like it's uh it's ah, yes truly same teddy. decentralized Sells off tether can tether and usdc they can freeze your wallet specifically um you know the only things that are really not freezeable are uh, ethan btc every other shit exactly. LC20 and everything else can be fucking turned off with the flip of a switch but which um, is how it should
1: be nothing <laughs> the only thing that needs to be de- the only thing that needs to be decentralized is your l1 everything yeah. built on top of it's going to be descent is going to be centralized because that is more convenient for particular pro- Like it's very difficult to have a good product that is completely de- decentralized and like interfacing with regular people. It just it doesn't work.
0: Yeah, um, I-, I love the um also- one of the comments on the the. <laughs> the twitter thing that said the you know the three, <laughs> the three got the three got stolen they they basically just said if you can copy something that doesn't that just make it literally fungible so like basically telling the guy just like <laughs> right right click save as and you got your apes back oh god Oof.
1: and that, oh, that's another good point they're all fungible these are collectibles these are
0: not oh uh, we got them we got them right. fired up
3: yeah
1: <laughs> hey,
0: here, like get, get this man his soapbox
3: oh no no <laughs> no no! fun uncle mean, you,
0: free market oh
3: if um, you kids it, don't know if, all right go ahead it's sorry it's, it's funny because it reminds me i don't know if you guys remember in uh i think it was 2017 when um you know someone put out a seed phrase and there were like a shitload of uh, elc20s in there but um yep. there was no ETH in there so you couldn't move it out and uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this story at all or not, but like it makes me kind of wonder if someone's going to do the same thing with um, with an NFT with an address full of NFTs, because basically what they did was they put out the seed phrase, um, and everybody's like, "Holy fuck, we need to get these, we need to get these," and they're trying they're sending an E to fucking move these coins out, but it's actually a contract. And as soon as you send ETH in, it immediately sends the ETH back out to another address. Oh, my God. So people are sitting around <laughs> really? they're fucking spamming this thing, sending an ETH to try and, like, you know, take these coins. And uh, the, the address collected something like, I think it was half a million bucks or something like oh, that. Holy shit. At the time, oh, yeah. which now would be then. like a hell of a, yeah, <laughs> right? Because people just, because uh, people kept freaking sending an ETH to try and uh, wow. steal these coins. It'd be funny if someone does something similar with, um, with oh. NFTs. <laughs> so many, you
0: know, it's true. Yeah, let's uh, so okay. Like, just full disclosure. Let's or... not give anybody any ideas here. Like, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> all I, signs I mean, point yeah, back exactly. to that. This, this scam I'm originated not, not, from the uh AM right? show. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm not God.
3: condoning that at all. No, no. But at the same, t- at the same time, if you if you see an address and then you're like, oh, let me send some ether to steal this NFT, it's kind of like, all right, well, you're a con. Like,
0: you know what? There's there's so many stories in crypto that like literally are too good to be true but actually were true like you hear about the eight thousand dollars turning into like five billion with the the ship investment like that is like the definition of a too good to be true story and yet it was a legitimate story and i think that a lot of people think there's so many of these opportunities out there they just need to get that one that one time uh that they ignore all of the red flags that are are popping up and and should be you know really focused on because they think well this is my shot like oh i got a secret seed phrase or or this guy is offering me like 10x the floor of my whatever all of these things yeah just like just take it slow and and easy you'll you know if you if you play your cards right and you just you know accumulate bit by bit especially with the appreciation of the underlying assets of this you will be fine yeah
3: something i always tell people if something sounds too good to be true it you know 99.9% is too good to be true.
0: Right. Um, And but because of all of this is
3: all these scams.
0: That's because you know, all of these stories are so public, everything's on the blockchain. Anybody can find this stuff that even if it's 99.99% of the time, it's too good to be true, one in ten thousand will actually be this crazy success story. But, you know, those stories rise to the top. You don't hear about the other 900 or 9,999 times that everybody lost their shirts uh, trying to pull something like that off. So, you know, with a grain of salt, right? Yeah,
1: and this is why whether you're talking about a token or an NFT project, you need to think about that first when it comes to your uh, when it comes to your customers, because it's, you know, it, it is a very easy type of attack, so to say.
3: Um, yeah. The uh, The only other thing I was going to comment on maybe, uh, which I heard you guys talk about earlier, was um, the gas fees on ETH, right? So, yeah, I, I agree that when gas fees are up, that is actually bullish because that means people are actually using the network. And people always like to go on about oh, but this is cheap and that is cheap and bloody fucking blah. But the actual reality is no, no other network comes close, fucking you know anywhere near the amount of um, through the amount of load that's on the ETH network. And uh, as soon as any of these other copycats actually start getting usage, their fees start skyrocketing. And we saw this with BSC, yep. right? BSC came out. Everybody's Thanks. like, oh, this is fucking fantastic. Fees are super cheap. It's super quick. You know, um, all the rest of it. And then it was literally like six or seven weeks in. Uh it was like, wait, uh gas fees on BSC are now up because the network is congested. Uh you had the same thing with Solana, like um Binance fr- froze withdrawals for like a week or something because they were like the network's congested and they couldn't fucking fix it.
0: I think um, one of the biggest issues with this is uh, I think there's two sides of it. One um, we've, most of the people in here have been in this space long enough to remember, you know, even just last year, ETH being around $300. So when you start saying 0.01 yep. of $300, dollars talking about, you know, eight, nine, 10 bucks, whatever, um, yep. pretty digestible fees. The hype cycle of these, um, these ecosystems really starts to run up when the price starts yep. to go up. So now we're sitting at Ethereum at almost $5,000. Point yeah. 0.1, or sorry, point zero 0.01 is now $50, uh, but that height and that increase in price is what typically attracts new people to the the yep. ecosystem, right? Now they're trying to get yep. in on it, but they weren't there a year ago when they saw that these fees were pretty manageable, and they also weren't accumulating, Um, back then. So their cost basis is substantially different than yours or I. So when we look at a 0.01 or 0.02 fee, we were like, oh, shit, I only paid eight bucks for that back in the day. Um, So the frame of reference is completely different for, for people, especially new ones entering the space as, as the hype cycle continues. Right. Um, Part of my, uh, part of my belief is that, you know, you start to accumulate this mass amount of people as the price starts to deflate. Um, you you drop off, you shed a whole bunch of them, and then you'll you'll end up with a, a pretty good handful of long term holders, and then they'll start to understand the value in the future, and then that percentage will be larger and larger. But it does, I think, take a couple of cycles to get through it. And you know, there there is a lot of growth that the crypto space still has to see um, to uh, to allow new people to feel really comfortable in it. Security being one, fees being the other. That's hurt. but
1: just um, how how. How long is this nonsense carousel that VCs do every cycle going to be allowed to go on? Where is oh, like I mean we we're, sh- we're, we're shouting it from the rooftops. These L1 plays are just always a pump and dump. Always. It, it, for the specific reason that if any of them got close to Ethereum or Bitcoin's capacity, none of them would work as advertised. It's just and
3: false. The the other thing that I want to say which, you know, may not be a popular opinion Is that you do need some base cost that is not nothing, so the network isn't full of garbage. And you saw this security, right? You saw well. I mean, it's security, but also it's the cost to actually spam people and uh, just put out garbage, right? Like you saw this with BTC pre SegWit, the network was full of a whole bunch of spam transactions, and you saw this. with uh with polygon right polygon came out saying we're gonna come out and we're gonna be super cheap and easy for everybody to use no gas fees you know don't worry about it it's gonna be all good and what did they do like i think it was a month ago they upped their fees fucking 30x for the sole purpose of disincentivizing scammers to use their chain Exactly. I mean, that's so
1: it's so well said. It's a great point. I mean, people don't understand that when you are decentralized, the only regulating mechanism is price. That's the only way that you can regulate or make a nice atmosphere is with price, security and spam. It's It's the the, it's the
0: answer to every time somebody says, well, what about the 51 percent attack? And the answer is always that (laughs) it would be so Expensive to accumulate, you know, 50%, 51% of the hash rate or 51% of uh, a coin or anything like that, 51% of the voting rights. It would be so expensive and you would turn all of the other participants off of the network that trying to accumulate up to that point will be, you'll never get a return on investment in that.
3: The The 51% attack, 51 attack to me is always a little stupid. I mean, from a technical perspective, I get the point that's trying to be made. But from a practical sense, it's uh, very stupid, at least when you're talking about, you know, proper big networks like Bitcoin and E, because for Bitcoin, um, you cannot actually get to, you cannot get the fucking hardware to get to 51%. It's just, it's not fucking possible. Uh, The waiting times to get this amount of equipment is huge. The cost to get this equipment is insane the infrastructure cost you have just to deploy this equipment is absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, oh, so, and it's a, it's a similar thing with, um, with e. it's a little different because it's all GPUs as opposed to ASICs, but you know, it's, it's still largely similar that the amount of hash you would need to get is, is insane. It doesn't work. And the moment that you actually execute one of these attacks, the value of the network is going to plummet, so you're just fucking yourself anyway.
0: Well, that's just it. Like you can't really do it in the shadows, right? If if somebody yep. is accumulating that much hardware to pull it off, uh, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna right, no. supply shock the entire market of uh, graphics cards or ASICs. It's going to be very obvious what's going on, um, uh, and, and so- you know if you're if you're trying to accumulate it, people are going to see it on chain. That you know. All yep. of these purchases, the price is going to be driven up, and uh, it's just it's not going to work. So, um, you know, I completely agree with the the idea that price is the securing factor. And the other thing is, um, you know, the price being expensive is kind of important, just because in in the you know the digital landscape, you can bot everything, right? And bots can do just yep. an, an immeasurable amount of transactions and, and actions um, per second, per minute, per hour. Uh, you attach some high fees to that, and all of a sudden, it doesn't become economically viable to to start doing those scams. So, um, you know, for the, for the quality of the network, yeah, it's important too. Uh, but again, there's always that topic of somebody from the outside looking in, like, you know, to to mint a project, you're looking at a couple hundred dollars just in fees, and then a couple hundred dollars just to buy the NFT. Uh, or even not even minting, just purchasing off OpenSea and whatnot. So, you know, there's 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 a lot of discussion and nuance uh, to to go from here.
1: Gas is not a bug, it's a feature.
0: Sure. I agree.
3: And, and gas is low right now. I saw gas as low as uh, 80 way before I uh, set well, that uh, You yeah, know,
1: 116 currently, so it's, you know, the, the DeFi oh. heat is coming down a bit
3: did it, you guys um sorry did you guys talk about furballs already i might have missed it because i was driving
1: i hear it talked about a lot we didn't i mean not a whale just minted i guess a pre-sale because they were free or something but let's see i'm looking at the website right now
3: oh they look cute they look like yeah crypto, i had a couple of people that i know they do they it. look like crypto kit. but they um, they're <laughs> apparently like a full functioning game yeah apparently a full oh, functioning cool. game uh,
0: hmm. <laughs> looking game at guy, it right now furballs 7500 furballs will be released into the world level battle collect loot and much more all on chain yeah definitely look like the old uh, school uh, crypto kitties kind of cute yeah
3: their, um, their UI though does actually look um, half decent from what I saw uh, it's a lot, slick, a lot more polished than um, Orcs when it came out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Somebody get him <laughs> off the stage.
3: I, I, get the I cane. am, I, 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 I am um, really hoping that uh, people buy into orcs with the raids coming out, and I, I think this is. Sorry, I'm going on a total tangent now, but um, please, I please. think that might be why. They said for the first sets of raids, um, your level is not going to make that much of a difference. Like you just need to, you know, be competent and your competence needs What's going to level is going to determine you know, how well you do, and not get the level and get get everything else. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So I mean, that way, you know, new people can come in and they don't need to feel like, oh shit, I need to have a fucking level forty-five uh, orc with a bunch of stuff to, to do anything. Um, you know, you can have any old orc and uh, and play
1: and until then i'm making 150 dollars a day in zug i can't complain yeah nice <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> yeah right? an even
0: bigger so, win yeah. is that you started calling it Zug and not zoog
3: <laughs> 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 yeah God, i think mine's like one something It's like 100 and something like a day i think i don't know what is Zug at. is zog um back over a dollar yet uh or is it two bucks uh, two bucks there you go. go. Two dollars, I think. 80, 83 cents is telling me right now, unless my thing <laughs> is light. Never
1: mind. My my daily income just fell a lot.
0: Really regretting that $15 latte info. this morning. Mm. Oh my
3: I, god. I, think, I do think though that um buying Zug might potentially be uh a not retarded thing to do because <laughs> when these uh, when these raids go live, right, and some of these people do buy in, um, the Zug cost is what they're saying between 50 and 300 Zug per orc, I believe. So that's um, that's pretty steep. Um, and, and, and people I think are going to want to play it, but you know, they're going to need to buy it. It was of that like ZUG.
1: seven bucks, it was like seven bucks on the debut, so that could be a nice little 10x it in was, your pocket. Uh,
3: yeah I, well, I know it was uh, it was like uh it was like 600 bucks when uh what in the first mint Yeah man in the in the first phase <laughs> of minting wow. in the like, in, in the very very first phase of minting this is when you could mint yeah. an orc before 4 right Oh so, okay yeah yeah so, yeah, that makes yeah sense. So I did, like at, you know right at the get go it was like that Right, but obviously once the minting phase is over, you, you're expecting this to, to come down a bunch. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hey, I'd have been happy with two bucks.
1: If it wants to just chill there for a couple of years, I'm <laughs>
3: yeah, I'm, cool. I'm real happy with that. I, and the liquidity pool is also not that um, big right now. I mean, I don't know if people in here right. are you know, big into DeFi and liquidity providing and stuff like that. But if it does take I off... I've just been
1: stacking, Yeah, I've just been stacking it. So that could be a play.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah, I, mean, I know the yeah, the team doesn't want to talk about it too much because they're like, oh, you know, we we can't do the LPing and et cetera, et cetera. But um, I was in a couple of other groups where there's a few people talking about actually just putting in a shit ton of liquidity there because the liquidity is quite low now. And if you take a big enough percentage of that pool, um, yep. you will be smiling.
1: Oh, yeah, that could be better than your Zuck. Uh, <laughs> from <Lord. laughs> mm-hmm
0: yeah i don't know yeah Yeah. like for the time being personally like i'm i'm i have what i have staked i don't think i'm going to be touching any staking projects or their derivative tokens um other than the ones that i'm bringing in for the time being just i don't know there it these cycles happen so quickly we went through like the text-based jpegs we went through um you know the the staking ones the game ones there's you know all these little mini cycles and i just want to see them start to come back before i start to accumulate anything more i well i mean first and foremost we yeah, need to so. see nfts kind of rebound um obviously if you're liquid now is a good uh buy the dip opportunity but um yeah i personally feel pretty good just sitting on the sidelines and uh doing stuff like this and just learning. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, all right. On that note, I am running out of time, so we are going to have to wrap this up. Thanks as always to, uh, to Illidan for coming up and, uh, getting our morning started uh good to see marcin in here jumping up on the stage too seeing some familiar faces in the crowd marcos tech 12 chipper 15 tie money is in here joshua Cottrell has a great little nft series no, i shouldn't say great little nft series has a great uh nft series uh that he drops on OpenSea. so if um you have any interest in uh mushroom heads you got to go check that out i apologize the name is escaping me off the top of my head do you remember it free market
1: I don't, but you gotta go check out Josh's work. His his has, art is amazing. Uh, a project thread in the Alpha Mint projects page. Shroomhead,
0: sorry, Shroomhead, yeah, yeah. Uh
1: but they are really sick. You gotta go look at them.
0: Yeah, he actually just dropped one uh two days ago in the Shroomhead. Yeah, yeah. Drop your NFT's uh thread down below. He's got one on there and it is uh it's fucking dope. And this one's animated. It's it's looking pretty slick, Ooh. so Thank you for for jumping into the show. Always the uh, familiar faces, Bailey, Rajesh, Trades Air, In Business, Curin, uh Drip Cult's always in here. Appreciate it so much, guys. Um, so, yeah, this is going to be the last show for the week. We're going to jump back on Monday, get the ball rolling again for next week. So, as always, good luck out there. Good luck this weekend, and we will uh, talk to you soon.
3: See you Monday. Later.
0: Ciao.